Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. You are a light in a specific dark place. I mean, after, he could have gone the vision for anything else, but he got it in Sin City. Are you kidding me? So light in the midst of darkness. There's a lot of hurting people, and there's a lot of a lot of things that that God wants to do in by and through. And I just want to I'm gonna prophesy to you here in a minute, but but thank you for doing and being consistent. Okay, thank you for that. So I need you to just put your hands together for this man and woman of God, because he can't do it by himself. If you come to church here, you should celebrate him and celebrate her. And don't ever celebrate nobody more than you do them too right there. They labor in prayer and intercept. When you're not praying, they're praying. When you can't cast the devil out, he's casting the devil out. When you pray and no healing manifests, he's here. He's bringing and manifesting healing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, sit down. All right, turn to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Let's get right into it. I got Pastor Hector and Rosie. I'll be here all day long. They're some of my favorite people, particularly Hector. I'm kissing. I'm kissing Tia Rosa. I'm kidding. I'm going to read a portion of scripture, I'll pray, then we're going to just, I'm going to do what I do, okay? If you've got ESV, I'm going to be reading out of that. If you don't have a Bible, please just read up here just like me. I, I, I brought a Bible, but I just want to read it up here. It says, he went away from there. That's Jesus. Jesus went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. His disciples followed him. And, and on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? They were in awe and wonder of the things he was saying. What is this wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Okay, this is his hometown, by the way. Is not this, this is exactly what his hometown said. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and, Ju- and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. They took offense at Jesus. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own house." Hold now check this out and Jesus and I said and he could not do this is this is Jesus now and he could not do and he Jesus could not do mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them verse 6 last verse and he marveled because of their unbelief and he went about among the villages teaching heavenly father I'm asking that you would help me minister to your people, that somehow, somewhere, the anointing in my life would minister to the anointing in their life. And like Meredith said, let there be a baby 
that comes to life. Let a baby leap in their womb today. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. and a woman. I didn't want to leave any of the women out after that. All change, my brothers and sisters, all change is possible. All change is possible. All change is personal. All change is personal and all change is profitable. That's a good tweet right there. That's a good thing to put on your Instagram as something to put on TikTok. It's encouraging that all change is possible. It is personal and it is profitable. The reason I say that is because if you're not changing, you're dying. But we're all changing and we're all being transformed into what I believe God has called us to do. The problem, the problem is in Western civilization and in Western um, uh, theology and in Western church, we, uh, we think the church is all about me, myself, and I. Uh, it's, about, uh, it's about me. And the reality is, is the, go- the gospel wasn't just for you. A church was never just about you. Because we can pray for you to come and you can fill and you can occupy a seat. But if God is not in the house, so 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 we have to put our focus not on the people, but we got to put our focus in God. That when we put our focus and our trust in God, automatically people will begin to fill the house. So it's not about you. It's about him. Um, I say that because uh, we, we have to be a people that understand reception. Mm-hmm. God has given us all things according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that he's given us all things by his divine power, all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Uh, I have a problem with a little three-letter word. It's called all. He's given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. There's nothing God is going to give you that has not, he has not already given to you. The cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. Uh, Jesus had to go away. It was to your advantage, the Bible says, that he went away. For if he goes away, he's going to send the comforter, the helper. Uh, he's going to send the one who is going to come on you. And when he comes on you, not just in you, but on you, you shall be endued and clothed with power from on high. And it's power to live right. Uh, it's power for multiplication. It's power for, for, for money. Most people don't understand that. The Holy Ghost coming on you, you should never be poor a day in your life. Uh, because when you got the Holy Ghost, he empowered the word dunamis. And it, it literally simplifies. It, it denotes the fact that there's multiplying power, moral power, money power. And then there's also miracle power. And so, therefore, when you got the Holy Ghost, you don't understand that I'm a speaking spirit. Now I am more powerful than I used to be without him. But now that I am filled with him, I can begin to speak things into existence and bring multiplication to things that are needing multiplied. That I can look at my circumstance and not be altered by the things that I see. 
And the title of my message is The God You See is the God You Get. The God You See or Perceive or Receive is the God You Get. And so I'm here to bring change to your paradigm, change to your philosophy, change to your dogma, change to your doctrine if I have to. I've come to make some crooked ways straight and some rough ways smooth and bring some low things up and bring some high things down. Come on, then the desert of our God. Why? Because in our prophetic journey, God has caused a people to be recipients of his goodness by his divine Power. He has given you all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Can I get a witness in the house? Oh, so therefore, if he has given us all things, then the problem, my brothers and sisters, is a reception problem. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, that the mandate and the mission is that we are to go out and heal the sick and you know, cleanse the leopard and raise the dead and speak in tongues, right? That's the mandate and commission of the 12 and the 70. And so the church is the, 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 the extended hand of God's glory, the extended hand of God's potential. And we're to go ahead and preach the kingdom. And we preach the kingdom not only with our mouth, we preach the kingdom with our lifestyle. All you have to do, listen, all you have to do for me is smile every once in a while. I know sometimes you get deep in thought, but just smile at me every once in a while. It makes me happy. It's the insecurity of the preacher. God is wanting us, though, to understand reception. We must understand the power to receive. Mm -hmm. um, I've said for years that you can't give what you don't have. You can't do it. You can't, you can't give what you don't have, right? Say, duh. You can't give what you don't have. You can't have what you've never been. You can't be what you've never believed. And you can't believe what you've never received. Therefore, you can't give what you don't have. Okay, one more time over there. You can't give what you don't have. You can't have what you've never been. You can't be what you've never believed. You can't believe what you've never received. Therefore, you can't give what you don't have. But if you've received it, you can believe it. And if you believe it, you can be it. You can be it. You can do it. If you can do it, you can give it. Boom. Right? So, 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 if you want that again, just get the CD. Or get, go on YouTube. And so, so, the problem is a reception problem. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 38, after he said, preach the gospel, uh, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, speak in tongues. And then he said, freely, 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 you have received. So freely give. Okay, so in the church, I see no giving. I'm not talking about money. There's no giving of the substance that lies within. And so I had to, years ago, go, why is it only a few people that understand the doing? James talks about 
okay, that we're to be hearers and doers of the word, right? We can't just be a hearer and a doer. If we do that, we deceive ourselves. We're just a hearer and not a doer, then we deceive ourselves. And, and, and so we're, 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 I don't want you to be deceived because in the areas of your life you're not receiving, okay, you're being deceived, Okay, so, so the devil comes to deceive you. Jesus wants you to be the receiver. All you got to do is be the recipient of what he finished. Listen to me. You do not get mercy in Jesus' resurrection. You get mercy at his death. Let me just set some doctrine straight. I'm tired of preachers not preaching truth. You get mercy at his death. You don't get grace at his death. You get grace at his resurrection. You don't get the power or the gifts in his death, his burial, or his resurrection. You get the power of the Holy Spirit in his ascension. So therefore, if the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, and he's granted, and Jesus paid the price, didn't he? He paid the price. He's not going to die again. Come on, I'm not talking about a methodology. I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about a reality that is ours for the taking. And if you can receive it, believe it, and become it, and do it, you can give it. And I've come this morning, on this Sunday morning, to try to tell you is the most people can't do that because the God they see is the God they get. Now, I'm not mad, by the way. I'm just very passionate at what I do. And my, my heart's desire is to activate the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. There is the work, there's the ministry to the church, ministry in the church, and the ministry of the church. They're not the same. The ministry to the church is the fivefold ministry, that of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. The ministry in the church is the ministry, that of the bishop, the deacon, and the elder. The ministry of the church is the saints. So there's a whole lot of doing within the fivefold, and there's a whole lot of doing inside the church, but we have to at some point activate the body at large. But let me explain to you, there's a reception problem because of a deception problem. The word deception comes, you can actually get the word abortion from that. So God tries to give and implant his seed, which is his word. In fact, one of the words for word of God is sperma. That's Greek for sperm. So he wants, it's alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. So he wants to impregnate your heart with his word so that which is born out of you is his word. Let me put it a different way so you get it. He's wanting to impregnate you with himself so that which is born out of you is himself. No? Not good enough? And so I'm here to say, well, yeah, no, no. I'm here to remove all the excuses from the church. That's the power of the blood. That's the power of the word. That's the power of the spirit. That's the power of my God. And when you understand that and you go, wow, there's power in that. Yeah, we can't just sing about it and dance about it and not ever manifest and demonstrate. Like, again, I'm not mad. But if you're just wanting to come to church to hear a good word and do nothing about the word you're hearing, it makes you a Pharisee. 
and there's no room in the kingdom for Pharisees and couldn't sees and wouldn't sees because the God you see is the God you get. Andale, Tia Rosa. Right? So, so I'm here to activate the body of Christ to do what God has called them to do. So change is personal, change is possible, and change is profitable. Yeah? Whew. Hallelujah. And the reason, the reason, the reason why it is crucial is because there has to be a revival on the inside of you before there could be a revival on the outside of you. Right? So when you understand that God brings revival to renew you, refresh you, and replenish you, comes to restore you. It's revival. Renews you. Yeah, he restores you. Then he replenishes you. But then, but then revival, what revival does is it brings you into a new introduction of Jesus that you've never seen before. So you're in a place in worship. And the reason worship is significant is because when you understand that faith is supplemented by seven things according to 2 Peter 3 all the way down to like the rest of the chapter. And he says that you have to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patience. All the stuff, those are cuss words in the kingdom. Like, wow. And patience with brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness with love. I mean, and those are the things you supplement your faith with. Faith alone can't cut it. You need to supplement. Another word for supplement, it's a vitamin. Take some multivitamins and say, okay, I can have self-control. The problem, the problem, the problem, the problem with the church is they have a sin problem. No, that's not even what you think. Because we've been taught that sin, here it is. I'm going to mess with your theology. We've been taught that sin is the thing you do or not do. Right. We confuse that with the, I don't, you, you can look at me like that. I don't care. I'm just telling you <laughs> that sin is not that. I'm going to tell you in a minute. I just leaving you hanging. That's the art of preaching. The art, I'm going to tell you what sin is. Sin means to miss the mark. The word mark is the Greek word karagma, where we get the English word character. When you sin, it's because you miss the character of God because you don't know who you are. And when you do not know who you are, you do dumb things. Can I say dumb in your church? So when you don't know who you are, you do dumb things. So the dumb things you do is the fruit of your root. Because the fruit is in the root. So, so the greatest sin is when you don't know who you are, you're an unbeliever, even though you believe in God. The only sin Jesus talked about in the New Testament, 
I'll tell you, the only one he's talked about was the sin of unbelief. Because unbelief was the manifestation of the fruit that they did not believe in the Son of God. And therefore, they did not know who they were in God. So Jesus came to die your death. He came to be buried in your burial space. And he came to be raised from the dead so that you can be raised up a new man. God is not going to restore or rehabilitate an old man. He's going to, it's a new creation where all things are past. Behold, all things become new. Are you getting this? When you understand it, so what happens is, is if you're sin conscious because of sin consciousness, the whole book of Hebrews talks about that. That's what the sacrifice of the ages took care of was sin consciousness. But when you preach sin all the time and you try to get people legalistically trying to abide by the law, then it stimulates that. It, you're in a cycle. So what happens is when you're in a cycle of sin consciousness, and you're saying, are you not supposed to preach on sin? No, you're supposed to preach the answer, never the problem. Jesus is the answer. I don't never come up here and tell you about the devil. I'm not going to waste one minute telling you about the devil when I can give you all one hour, 45 minutes to tell you about how good God is and how what he did for you. Because when you embrace that, the answer subdues the problem. The problem is, is when you have a sin consciousness and all you're doing, sin condemns you, brings shame. Condemnation is a construction word. Sorry, guys, I'm looking over here. Not, not because they probably need it more. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, it's time to go. Start the car, somebody. I'm joking. Estoy jugando. Estoy jugando, tía Juanita. Condemnation, condemnation is the devil's babysitter. Condemnation is a construction term. It means to be uninhabitable. So what you're saying when you're condemned, even though you believe in Jesus, is you're saying, I believe in you, but I don't believe that you can be inside of me. And if you don't believe that, then you can't operate in any of his gifts, in any of his things. And if you do it, you do it under a religious spirit, which most of the people of God do. So I'm going to try to make the record straight. I just want to help you. You can't be, therefore now, Romans 8, there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ. When you understand who God created you to be and who God is on the inside of you, you stand up with confidence. Why? Because all change is personal and all change is, is, is possible and all change is profitable. And let me tell you something, that when you lose your confidence to change, you lose your commitment to change. So therefore, you can't throw away your confidence. Because there is a reward in it. The reward is there's commitment attached to it. And so when I am, listen, when I have confidence to change, I'm telling you I have a commitment to change. And I'm being conformed into the image of the Son so that I can do something in the kingdom of God. Okay, I'm taking too much long. But the God I see is the God I get. I'm just trying to make it really simple because I'm trying to activate the body of Christ to do something. If he has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness, and he has, then what are we doing and what, what are we doing with the thing that he gave to us? It's in different measures. I get it. Different talents. God gives you tools and he gives you talent and he gives you time. Are you going to run out of time with tools? 
and talent. The graveyard is full of tools and talent because people ran out of time. And I don't got time to waste because you can listen. You, you can you, 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 you can waste your time and you can excuse me. You can you can waste your tools and talent, but you can't you don't have time to waste time. At 54, I'm going to be 54 in a couple of weeks. Can you believe that? I know I don't look it. Thank you. But can you believe? Can you believe? I don't got time. I don't got time to be messing around. I don't got time to, eh, do you like him? No. Do you want to be right? Do you? Listen to me. There's a lot of people going to hell, and I don't want you to go to hell. God sent his son so that you can embrace life. Did you know that 95 out of 100 people in a church that's the whole the study that 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 that, that Barna made. Ninety five out of a hundred people in church have never invited somebody to church. Invited. So I have made it. I have made it in my church an invite culture where all of us are going to invite somebody. You have three hundred and sixty five days to invite somebody. And I tell them, if you can't invite somebody in 365 days, you know what I tell them? I'm not saying you got to do it here. But I told them, there's 365 other churches you can go to. But you're not, you can't sit here and occupy space. Sorry, I love you. Everybody's welcome, not at my church. If you don't want to do nothing, go down the road. There's a bunch of other churches seeker-friendly can do that. We're a, we're a Pentecostal, charismatic church. And I love the church enough that we have to activate it. Quit leaving that to the pastors and to the elders and the deacons. We're to prepare you and equip you to do the work of ministry. That means you have a gift and a talent and you've got lots of time. And at least, at least, the least you can do is invite somebody. If you did that in the month of March, your church would double. I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you. I'm messing with you guys. You guys know that. So, so it's crucial that we understand that. Now, those are principles. You got that, okay? The God you see is the God you get. Here's my sermon. It's only two minutes long. Really, I just read a scripture. It's two minutes long. But before I give you that, that's Mark chapter 6. I got to give you context. I gave you a text. But text is no good outside of context. The context is chapter 5. Chapter 5 is there's a demoniac full of 2,000 demons. There's also... Jer- is it Jarius's daughter? No, the centurion's daughter. It's the centurion's daughter who's sick. And then there's a woman for 12 years that's had an issue of blood. That's the context of Mark chapter 6. They have heard. This is Jesus' hometown. Jesus' hometown getting jealous at their own homeboy because they're hearing that he's healing the sick. He is healing blind eyes. He is raising the dead. He is casting out devils. And they're hearing this Jesus. Is this not Joseph's son? It's just Joseph's brother and James's brother and isn't that Mary's son? I mean... I used to play canicas with that guy, man. What, what, I mean, I, now he's world famous. This 
You know, we used to call him Chewy back in the yard, but now Chewy thinks he's bad. Now he, he changed his name to Jesus. It's my sermon, leave it alone. Right? And so, 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 so the context, they're hearing what Jesus is doing. What he's doing. And so therefore, the church doesn't have the, the, the relaxation, comfort to sit back and do nothing. Not in the world that we live in now. Not when we're living in pandemics and upheavals and political, racial, and all kinds of craziness. We, 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 we got to be kingdom about this. We've got to know Jesus. And there's, more, there, there, there's been more craziness that has happened in the church than the world. And when you can't decipher the world from the church, i got a problem with that. That means we've got to have more reverence and we have to have against a fresh baptism of the, of the fear of the Lord where we reverence God's house and God's people and what God is doing is simply because there's a people that understand that God did not withhold any good thing for them. So therefore you can walk in your talent confidently with your head up and your shoulders back and not be afraid of circumstance or happenstance and not be afraid of principalities or power or, or rulers or darkness or witches or warlocks or mother-in-laws Woo! did I say that whoa you don't have to worry about that because there's a people that understand who their God is and when you understand who your God is you're going to put your shoulders back and you're going to raise your head up and you're going to say as for me and my house we will serve the Lord and we will be a people of power we will be a people of multiplication we will be a people of healing we will be a people that will demonstrate and I will show you I will cast a devil right out of your kids' mind if I have to but there's got to be a people that will demonstrate the power of the living God let every praiser have about a 10 second break right here if you believe that put your hands together somebody okay sit down you're scaring the first time people here this is your first time they always act like this So, 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 so you got a demoniac. I'm almost done. Give me, give me, can anybody play the piano or no? Give me that drummer, just because I like it. <laughs> play the cymbals. The demoniac. 2,000 demons. Think about this. You got people that Jesus has come the Bible says he came to his own, and his own received him not. He came to his own peoples, and his own people received him not. But as many as received him, he gave the power to become. Woo! He gave the power to become. The sons of God. The greatest thing of anything is that you become it. I didn't mean to do this. I'm going to do this. This is free because you guys are sucking it out of me. It's like you guys like a vacuum cleaner. And I like it. I'm teasing you, but I like it. 
the greatest thing of anything is you become it. So you get it. Let me paint a picture. There's three boats, three men. Three men get in the boat, three boats in a storm. Jonah got in the boat, was out of God's will. Paul the apostle gets in the boat, he is in God's will. Jesus gets in the boat, and he is God's will. So you have a man who's out of God's will, a man who's in God's will, and a man who is God's will. Okay, they're getting jealous. So, in the time of trouble, Jonah is overcome by the storm. Paul endures the storm. And Jesus controls the storm. That's why the greatest thing of anything is that you become it. I don't got time for condemn condemnation. The devil belongs one place underneath my feet. I do this all the time.